0: My guest is Giorgios Pazdas, uh the co-founder of Calypso, and the website is dot com. So, Georgios, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Richard. Good. Hey. Really glad to have this opportunity to chat with you about our journey and about Calypso.
0: Yeah, tell me uh, what's the premise of the company, what's Calypso do?
1: Absolutely. Let me start a little bit with my background so that... You understand why we're so passionate about it. So I have an engineering background and uh, I worked with uh, Barclays, the international bank, back in London and Africa. It was during that time as the head of the real-time big data analytics portfolio that I wanted to move our applications and data to the cloud. Now, this would have sped up our delivery of this particular project up to 10 times. Now, guess what? We couldn't do it. We couldn't move our applications, the data to the cloud because compliance uh, was not happy with what existed uh, out there in the market in terms of products that can secure your data while moving them onto distributed systems. So that's how we started. That was the basic premise. Now, the reason we are so passionate about it is that we can transform the world today. If you look around you, there is no trust between enterprises. No one trusts anyone. Even consumers don't trust enterprises. You can look at Equifax or the Facebook data scandal as an example. But we believe right. in a world where shared resources can maximize value for everyone. So what's a, what kind of solution have you uh, figured out? So our solution is the first, as we call it, never-decrypted cloud database system. So um, in a nutshell, what we do is that we're allowing large enterprises and smaller companies to keep on running business as usual, keep on using their data the way they did before. But this data is fully encrypted. It's fully secured against any database of stack. At the same time, they can boost the compliance with upcoming regulations. Now, I'm sure a lot of uh, a big part of our audience wouldn't have heard of GDPR, Uh, Which is uh, the general data protection regulation in Europe, and similar very stringent regulations coming up all around the world, for example, California.
0: So, what are, I mean, without giving away secret sauce, what are some of the mechanisms you're using (coughs) to make your data more secure than other people's? Absolutely.
1: If you look at uh, the existing solutions today, normally they just encrypt data in a very static way. We dynamically re encrypt. So the difference is that um, there there are ways for hackers, there are ways for uh, anyone, any malicious user who intercepts either the communication channel or the actual storage server to figure out information about the data and also reconstruct them. Now, in our case, our solution protects against any attack, even against future quantum attacks uh, that we can, because we can reasonably suspect today how a quantum computer could retroactively try to to break particular encryptions if you store enough data over time.
0: Well, all right. So uh, you said you're doing more than just encrypting data. So what's different from how you do it versus traditional encryption
1: schemes? Absolutely. So as I mentioned, we dynamically re-encrypt data. So that means that every time you touch on the database, part of it gets re-encrypted. And no one can infer actually which records, right, you touch. Think about it that... Uh, you ask for information involving Georgias, the pastors, right? Even if the record is encrypted, next time you ask a different query, right? If you ask first for the salary of uh, people who are over, with a salary over, let's say, $2 million, and then you ask another piece of information for someone who has uh, a particular, who lives in a particular area, then you can start reconstructing because you see that the same record is getting retrieved twice for different queries. Now, in our case, with the dynamic re-encryption, you hide this information. But in order to do it properly, and in order to hide all potential leakage channels, we combined this with the latest in the data privacy domain. There is a particular technique there called differential privacy. What it does is that it introduces noise to the result. So we never return back to the user just one result. We add more as a noise. So that no one can infer information about anything when it comes to sensitive data. The trick, though, there, if, you, if we want to yep. uh, put it back in a very concise way, the trick is that we allow for search on top of encrypted data. So think your data is fully encrypted, fully secured, but you can still search through that. So this is the trick with our technology. Now, from a user's perspective, there's no difference. So it's like the user um, keeps on using the same database, let's say, system. For now, we have uh, an integration with uh, MySQL and MariaDB. So no changes for the apps, very easy deployment, but at the same time, you get the full uh, security that you would want for your uh, sensitive workloads. So over
0: the course of um, X number of accesses of a database, you would change the... um Essentially, the, the encryption scheme each time, so that it would be harder for an attacker to figure out how it was encrypted, or you know, the I guess the keys would keep changing, so it can't um, it's much much harder to hack it. I guess. Is what you'd say?
1: Exactly. So the, this um, the the encryption the way the ways we mix the records change. Um, if you think about it, at the lowest level, we use uh, the most proven protocol. Specifically, we use AES 256 which is the standard, and it's an open-source, non-proprietary standard in the industry. It's the way we combine, let's say, uh, the we combine the record-level encryption, and we reshuffle. Let's say that we reshuffle, right? So at no point after you make a query, the encrypted uh, screenshot of your database looks the same as after you did any particular call on it. Yeah,
0: but wouldn't that slow down the system if you're uh, doing inquiries? Like, you know, let's say... For some reason, you have like a thousand inquiries per second in high volume databases. How would you keep
1: up? Yeah, that's a special bit about our technology. Now, in the wider space, that's something I should have probably mentioned earlier. Uh, In the wider encryption space, there has been a historic trade-off. This is between usability and security. And when we're talking about usability, it includes both the functionality you can have, but also how efficient this is, right? How fast it is to retrieve particular information. In our case, that's a special bit. Our technology, for the first time, bridges this too. So you can get full security far beyond what's available today, but with very, very strong efficiency. Uh, Let me give you an example. So if we take uh, what exists out of incumbent solutions today, one of the biggest providers, is Oracle. Oracle DB is one of the most uh, widely adopted database. And they have a particular solution, which is called Transparent Data Encryption Column. And this one provides a reasonably high level of security, not uh, as high as ours, but reasonably high with, uh, if, you, if compared to some of their competitors. Now, based on our, um, based on our experiments, we're able to run with a speed of 10 times faster than the equivalent, let's say, or much lower security than Oracle T D Column could offer. And obviously, you know, there are ways for us to improve on top of it.
0: You said you use AES-256 or SHA-256 for the encryption?
1: No, we, we use AES-256 and uh, for hashing we use SHA-512.
0: When you said uh, you may even be able to make it quantum resistant. How would, uh, what are some of the vulnerabilities associated with quantum computers?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so as things stand today, no, no one has an exact understanding of how a quantum computer uh, would look like. But it's consensus amongst all the experts in the space that when quantum computers come uh, into play, uh, asymmetric ways of encryption won't be secure whereas for symmetric uh, protocols, you would have to double the what is considered to be a safe key size today so AES is symmetric and today what's considered to be secure is 128 that's why we're using only uh, as 256 in order to be to continue being you know what we consider to be quantum proof Uh, But also all the other tools we're using, like Oblivious RAM, which is the technology that I mentioned, uh, which does the dynamic reshuffling, it is quantum proof. So all the single components we're using are uh, quantum proof in order to build uh, a system that will also be provenly quantum proof.
0: Couldn't an attacker try to establish an open channel to a database and not close out a given query and then try to uh, hack it while that connection is still open? Because they would know that you know once the connection closes, for instance, that the database will reshuffle? Um,
1: not really, because the data, even if they manage to get this snapshot of our data, right, if they manage just to uh, get this snapshot and understand which ones are the um, particular uh, results of the query, they can't necessarily decrypt it, right? So this is not a problem. Um, with existing solutions, the problem is that if someone manages to observe as well over time they can um, they can reconstruct in reality quite a bit of the data now in our case, what happens is that even if we assume we allow someone to um, to view right and to intercept the communication channel or to view what's happening at the storage level even if they in in the memory or at the hard disk level they can't figure out anything there now it's a different story if you talk about Someone who has admin access to the application itself, right? Now, this is not within our area. We are doing data protection. When you're talking about application security, that's a different space. So anyone who has uh, legitimate uh, access as um, an admin of an application that is supposed to connect to this database and then tricks the application itself, to believe that they are uh, they are who they're saying they are, that's not something we are addressing. So what we are protecting is the data, uh, the data storage, and that's our focus area.
0: What about um, you know blockchain? Uh, I would think that you've certainly looked at it, and you know what's your opinion? Do you think that some of the uh, learnings from blockchain would help what you're doing, or is what you're doing totally different? Or you know what's your what are your
1: thoughts there? Blockchain is a fantastic technology. It has obvious use cases that can transform the world. And uh, one, one of its most important properties is immutability. Now, when we're talking about our scenario, we have obviously looked at blockchain. We have particular ideas as to how to utilize blockchain. And that has to do, for example, with auditing purposes where you want a particular audit trail and no one to be able to tamper with it. So we have already designed as to how to incorporate blockchain in our future roadmap. Yeah, obviously, blockchain is uh, a game changer in the wider industry. There are a lot of obvious use cases that leverages its very important properties, one of which is immutability. Now, in our case, we have looked at blockchain, we have designed as to how to utilize it in the upcoming future uh, within our roadmap. And particularly, we're interested in uh, how blockchain can help us uh, create audit trails that are fully robust and can uh, can be resistant to anyone tampering with that. So this is how we see blockchain playing well with our technology and our product.
0: Okay, yeah, I didn't know if um, you found any particular items that you could incorporate or if you think blockchain has certain weaknesses or, you know, it's it's totally a different application than what you're working on.
1: There are areas where uh, the two technologies, let's say, uh, complement each other. So right now, for example, it's quite expensive to store um, a lot of information onto, onto the blockchain. Plus, it has been proven that quite a few blockchains are uh, not quantum resistant, right? So a lot of these will have to change at the same time. We see... Blockchain playing more in the authorization, let's say, space where you have, um, you need to make sure that the right person has uh, the right um, admin rights or access rights to a particular data set. And on the other side, at the audit trail side, where you have to track what each person does. So we don't believe that blockchain could do necessarily what we're doing, right? Uh, but also, we believe that there are a lot more we can add to our existing solution, utilizing blockchain and bringing a totally revolutionary uh, offering to the market.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, what um, what stage are you at with your data security? Is, is it being used by large players? And um, you know, has it has it been attacked? <clears throat> you know, have you seen that uh, there were certain parts of the attack surface <clears throat> you weren't accounted for? You know, what's, what's like the latest and greatest with your application? Where are you at with it?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So we're pretty new as a startup. So we, both me and my co-founder, funnily enough, we have the same name, Georgios, both from Greece. We followed different cool. paths in our lives. <laughs> but we ended up in Montreal, and that was in 2017. The reason was that we came here for uh, the leading deep technology incubator in the city called Tandem Launch. So they provide new entrepreneurs with pre-seed funding uh, for uh, deep technology startups. Now, that happened towards the end of 2017. Uh, The technology has been built for a few years now. So the core technology is mature. So since then, we have uh, released our alpha version, our beta version, uh, about uh, a month uh, and a half back. At this stage, we have announced, uh, our uh, future collaboration with uh, one of the largest banks in Greece the National Bank of Greece in order to run a proof-of-concept together in the upcoming months and We are also currently working on defining Requirements for pilots with medium-sized companies uh, so yeah, we are on our way there to uh, Expand our outreach get more pilots uh, going up
0: Okay um- what do you think that uh some of the most difficult things that you're going to have to battle against will be, you know, in terms of attacks, type of attacks or uh, you know, near near-term changes in the future?
1: Sure. Let me let me address that point first about the attacks. Now, our technology has been peer reviewed, right? So it's provenly let's say secure. At the same time, we ran a white hacking competition uh and we were chosen uh, to get uh to get through it. And no one out of the white hackers that participated found any vulnerabilities when it comes to our core technology. Uh, on uh, the, the rest of uh, the question, I think there are quite a few challenges in cybersecurity. Um, it is a very peculiar field because data and, uh, in general, the, uh, the, most, the environments uh, where applications run are extremely sensitive to all organizations. That means that cybersecurity is a space that requires trust, long-standing relationships. So that's something that comes over time, and it takes significant amount of effort. So I think this is one of the challenges that we've already come across. And, you know, obviously, uh, it comes along with the challenge of long cycles, right? Because you work with companies that are large. And, again, you work on something, on a very uh, sensitive and uh, valuable asset for them. Uh, The second, I would say, aspect of it is about also uh, talent, right? Because it is a space, a space we're playing in, that's quite niche and demanding because we're operating uh, in the interface of uh, privacy, security, and also you need uh, the uh, traditional um, software engineering skills, right? Um, mm-hmm. So these are, I would say, the two core challenges altogether. Okay.
0: Um, do you think that AI is going to be playing a role? Um, you know, AI being used to attack systems like yours, or AI being used to uh, resist attacks from other systems?
1: Yeah, there is a lot of hype around AI being used uh, in cybersecurity and. Obviously, for a valid reason, right? AI has the potential to transform the world. Uh, I have a feeling that right now, the impact of AI onto cybersecurity is a little bit overhyped, maybe. Um, I strongly believe there is a lot of opportunity for systems to be, um, to be attacked using AI. But when it comes to actual data security itself, AI, at least for now, I can't see how it will have such a huge impact, again, as things stand, in terms of defending people. Obviously, AI has tremendous use cases when it comes to user uh, authentication, right? Because you can see particular behaviors. Um, But the data protection bit, it's uh, it's a little bit different, and uh, we don't see right now uh, any anyone, um, you know, transforming the way that uh, data is protected using AI. Hmm.
0: Okay. I didn't know if it was on your horizon
1: or if uh, mm-hmm. you think anything's going to happen in that regard. We utilize we utilize machine learning as part of our technology stack, but that's for a different purpose, right? It's more for optimization. Okay.
0: So why, why do you think that the companies are not utilizing your your solution? Again, I know it's a, I'm a layperson. It sounds simple. You know, change the keys every time the database is accessed. Do you think that I mean? Do companies have a big-time interest in this, or do they um, do they appear to not care? I guess, for lack of a better word, and uh, you know, they're just marching along, doing what they're doing, and and not paying attention to the the latest threats. You know, what do you see is happening out there?
1: Yeah, that's that's an extremely uh, valuable question. Uh, let me let me just um, start by saying that we don't change the key every time that data is accessed. We reshuffle the data. Uh, now, on um, in terms of the question itself, um, I would say you can look at it as a dual, a dual kind of matrix. So you have, on one side, you have uh, how well-educated companies are, so the level of sophistication. On the other axis, you would have how much they care. Now, in terms of sophistication, obviously, you get to see all levels, right? Um, and, um, you know, smaller companies not, don't necessarily have the right level of sophistication. As you go up, there are people who have this understanding. And we've seen specifically in uh, financial institutions, for example, uh, this is the case. Again, when it comes to care, you see lower amount of care for how, how data is actually stored and how secure it is. But again, as you're going towards, uh, more, um, regulated industries, that grows significantly. One interesting bit we discovered is that quite a few players want to have security as a tick box. So they just want the data security as a way to prove they are compliant with particular regulations, right? It can be HIPAA for financial, sorry, for healthcare. Now, for us, this is less of an interesting play. We appreciate how important this is. Uh, but our, our goal here is to work with forward-thinking partners that, uh, for them, data security is much more than just a tick box. We want to work together with partners that uh, data security and privacy is actually, they have realized that it's a very important factor for their long-term mm. sustainability. Now, as I said, there are different approaches. We've seen people who really love what we're doing because they understand how breakthrough it is, especially if they know the specifics of um, uh, the cybersecurity space and the encryption space. But also there are people who want to have security solutions right now just for the purpose of uh, being able to say, yes, we tick this box. We think the space is maturing. Uh, All of these data breaches that occurred in 2017 uh, actually, brought the entire problem of uh, data privacy and security to the forefront. We observed that year over year, we have an increase and in a new record set for data breaches. So, we mm-hmm. expect that the market will go through a serious maturation process uh, in the upcoming years to the point that no one will be able to actually ignore uh, the importance of uh, serious data security.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it will. Yeah. Uh, any surprises? In your work, you know, things that you found that, like, really shocked you, you know, whether it's results or in surveying the landscape of data protection right now, is it, you know, is it good? Is it horrible? You know, what kinds of things have you
1: seen? One of the bits that uh, really, um, let's say, surprised me, something I mentioned earlier, I alluded to it, is that there are players and there are reasonably large organizations that still try to do the very minimum, right, when it comes to data security. And they are happy with it, which I was surprised to see. At the same time, mm-hmm. uh, I have to say I was uh, positively surprised to see organizations that actually take the time, the resources uh, in order to consider what can we do? What's the, the best in class we can bring for our customers? So this was something that came to my attention, and I think, yeah, that was the thing that uh, surprised me the most, that, you know, even in industries like, let's say, healthcare, right? Especially for mm-hmm. smaller companies, uh, they would just consider what's the bare minimum to, for them to work together. But that's, that's very uh, dangerous, and it's a bit uh, shocking, I would say. If you think about it, one of the most uh, precious things you have uh, as a data point about yourself it's your genome, right? And you don't want your right. genome to fall in, into the hands of hackers or anyone else. So although someone can be HIPAA uh, compliant, um, et cetera, the, I think there should be this mentality shift towards considering what can we do over and beyond what's the bare minimum required in order to ensure that we don't have any sort of breaches or we don't pose a threat to our customers' privacy. I mean, recently there was one of the largest uh, uh, handlers of uh, genome data uh, that got hacked. Like there are quite a lot of examples nowadays of companies that get breached, and they need to take it all more more seriously.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, very good. Well, what's a a good place for people to experience your product and to talk to you about implementing a solution for them?
1: Uh, so if, if people want to start by finding out more, they can go onto our website. Uh, we have a white paper that uh, they can uh, request. And also we are currently, um, we're currently offering free demos uh, for our technology. So they can just sign up on our website, as you said earlier, www.calypso.com, and we can uh, work together on getting them a free, uh, a free demo of the technology. Uh, for them to get started in a very smooth way.
0: Okay, very good. Thank you for coming on the call and I appreciate your time. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast post to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.